Andy Hoffer. Hey, Justin. What is up, homegirl? How you doing? I'm chilling. Super good to have you on the show. How's your day going? A bit hectic. I took yesterday, and so today it's like, why is everything piled up? Oh, because yesterday I was slacking. That's why. <laughs> I see uh, from your post, I know we follow each other on IG, that you're in Guatemala. Yep, I am in Guatemala right now. That's what's up. How did that happen? Are you have you been there for a while? Like, tell me about it. So my family's from here, Dope. and so I I come pretty much every year. But because of you know pandemic shit or whatever, I can I can swear, right? I'm gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, of course, girl. <laughs> let loose, let loose. <laughs> um, uh, uh, like I hadn't been able to come here and, you know, in talking with my husband, we were kicking around the idea of becoming snowbirds. And so this year I came down here for a couple of months just to sort of try it out, see what it's like, see if, you know, this is really something we want to explore, you know, plus there's happening. My cousin's getting married, birthdays, whatever. So it's like, you know, there's always something to do. And uh, plus I came here for surgery. Oh, surgery. Wait, I didn't know about this. This must be a big deal. Yeah. So I just got breast augmentation done. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, I've heard that people for various surgeries and stuff, they go to, to Latin America. Is it is that? And then I've heard people say, nah, it's like the same thing. Like, is it really true that it's a lot more affordable? So, I mean, it all depends on what's going on. I mean, there are hotspots in the United States where things are super affordable. I mean, affordable, take that as a relative term, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm basically paying almost the same amount that I would in Boston, because Boston's not like a hotspot for uh, plastic surgery. Uh -huh. So for me to come here and do it with a two month vacation, pretty much paying the same that I would in Boston. Now, if I lived in Miami or Los, Los Angeles, then I wouldn't need to do any medical tourism got it okay that makes a lot of sense then um, i mean you you're able to like chill with the fam and i don't know there's something about being in latin america that's humbling and like i love america but when you like leave it for a little bit like you really like uh, recalibrate and you're able to see things in a better perspective would you agree oh absolutely absolutely like the the lifestyle here is so different. Um, so we have options on how to be able to make money out here for my husband because my husband's a carpenter. Mm. And we were talking about how labor here is, you know, in the United States, average minimum wage job is going to pay you maybe $12 an hour. Mm. Um, in some spots, 15 here, minimum wage is $10 a day. Wow. And that's what you're getting paid for jobs like construction jobs at, you know, the, the mall job, like hard jobs. Those yeah. are getting paid $10 a day and you see dust in their ass and you're just like, you know, nobody would even touch a bucket for $10 a day in the United States. Like we are just so entitled. And even then you see people working minimum wage jobs with the entitlement. And I'm just yeah. like, wow, like just so humbling and just so 
just trying to make their their way you know yeah that's such a good point that's such a big point you mentioned job occupation money career i want our audience to know a little bit about you because you yourself are a coach and on your ig it's andy hoffer coaching how on earth did you get into coaching and what type of coaching do you do so my IG is a Hoffer coaching. Oh, my bad, my bad. No problem, no problem. <laughs> and well, I used to be a rocket scientist. I was a nuclear engineer specializing in effects for electronic components on missile systems. I love that you said that <laughs> because I mean that is just my field. And like on top of that, it's not every day. I'm sure you get this all the time that you completely kill the line where people say it's not rocket science like oh yeah yes oh, it is God. man <laughs> yes it, for, for everyone that's ever said it's not rocket science today we get to say it is rocket science <laughs> well the funny thing is when people say that i'll be like no i wish it were rocket science because i could fucking do that like this <laughs> i'd be able to do um <laughs> but so i did that for 10 years but it was wholly unfulfilling because you were just pretty much a cog in this huge machine and you never saw really anything um, that made a difference. Mm. And the, the biggest story that you know I've shared as like the reason why I knew that was not the career for me was that I was on a program for three years you know, we were grinding out information and uh, spreadsheets, mm -hmm. documents, like for many years. And then just go into the office and they're like, you have a week to destroy everything. Like the what program's the canceled. Like three what years of work just down the fucking drums. Like, no, like, no, like we could sell it to somebody. They're like, no, this is a government like program. We, we have to destroy everything, pack up everything, ship it back there like we cannot keep one piece of paper here of information and I I was destroyed because at that moment I understood that I my work did not matter mm. and mm -hmm. during that time I'd already been flirting with becoming a yoga instructor I was pretty heavy into yoga and so I started doing the yoga teacher training and I started mm -hmm. teaching yoga and um, you know, I've always been active doing yoga, jujitsu, doing running, like I'm just like a super high energy person. And yeah. so I started weightlifting. Okay. And, you know, in the weightlifting, I started, you know, being a personal trainer. But, you know, even still, the the part that really got me was in the first time it happened was the teacher, my one of my students who was eighty two years old. No, she was seventy two. Seventy two wow. years old. She, she came up to me and said, "Hey, I just want to say thank you." And I was like, "For what?" Like she was like, "Oh, you know, I went camping this weekend, and for the first time in twenty years, I pitch my own tent." And I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. She was like, yeah, like I was able to get up and down without any aches and pains. And it was just a moment where I realized like I actually impacted somebody's life. Like wow. that person is forever changed because of me.
Yeah. Yeah. That's so profound. It was it was so like the moment just hit me like this, this, this is what I need. This is what I gotta do. So um, I wind up diving into ways to be a coach and um, really I integrate my 12-step program into coaching because I find that, you know, beyond fitness, yoga, nutrition, health, wellness, a lot of people really need help with the mindset component. Yeah. That is the part where people are like, like you can find nutrition and fitness on the internet for free like that you can find programs like that there's an overabundance of that information online but what i'm offering to people is a level beyond that it's like okay let's tap these sort of ingrained self-limiting beliefs that you hold that are keeping you from getting up in the morning and being your best self Uh, That's great. That's great. You know, that's a good point because a lot of um, there's a lot of information and everyone has the ability if they have the access to the World Wide Web to Mm -hmm. to be anything that they want in this life. But what holds us back is not a lack of information, but a lack of willpower and desire and Mm -hmm. commitment. Um, And so and and I think some of the mindset is people including myself sometimes like not knowing exactly like what you want because of the amount of opportunity all around us, you know? Right. Right. Completely agree. And it's just in my opinion, to have somebody to just point things out to you that you might not see. We have such tunnel vision that getting a coach or a guide you know, they help you with those blind spots. Yeah. Like, you know, my moments that I have with my coach, you know, Wes. Yeah, uh, homie. Those moments where I'm talking to him and he just kind of shines the light on, you know, something that I hadn't thought of. And I, like, it just blows my mind. You know, I'm such a, like, a, no sort of like ego here, but, you know, I'm an intelligent person who can piece a lot of stuff but I'm still blind, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And so I need somebody to point that out to me. And I feel like a lot of people are so resistant to that because we want to figure it out. We want to know the answer. We want to know, you know, how to do something. And we think we got to figure it out. And like we heads against the wall time and time again, thinking, wait, why am I not happy? Like, why is this not working? I don't get it. It should work. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think a good way to to like counter that is because every single piece of truth that you've discovered or wisdom that you've come across, it's a lot of it isn't new information. It was more the assembling of pieces that were already within you. And so like that's what's beautiful about it is it's not somebody like telling you what to do or like telling you like oh you don't know this you need to know this like like it's new information it's more like i'm gonna reveal something to you that's been true the whole time and you really need to see it because when we come across wisdom we're always like ah like you know like it's like yeah like preach to me like yes like i knew it you know 
it's not like it's not like standardized testing where we need to memorize something that's new information you know so right. that's that's what's beauty that's what's beautiful about like mindset coaching that that you're talking about and that what your specific program offers right right and i think in my coach that i have um talk to it's the permission to be imperfect in the journey mm. and yeah. a lot of people just think that you know failure means that's it I gotta go hide don't look at me I can't continue but what failure really is is a lesson it's it gives you strength to, because if you can overcome this if you can take that lesson and integrate it your next attempt is going to be so much stronger so much more filled with information and insight that you're going to get further mm. Mm. And people don't see that. People just see that, hey, you know, like, I, I, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to do that. But they don't see what's beyond the failure. They don't see what's beyond the, the limitations that we currently have. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. What would you say is, like, uh, with your clients and people you've worked with and, and your own, like, feel for the industry – what is like the resounding theme in people's lives when they come to you for like mindset coaching or just coaching in general? It always starts out with the physical. Everyone always comes to me for the physical and they stay for the mindset. You know, they mm. come to me trying to lose weight because, you know, they have some sort of medical condition that's looming over their head. They have some, you know, issues that they, you know, physically or whatever it is. And they, they believe that to heal the body is what they want. But mm. what gets revealed over time is that, you know, your body is the reflection of your mindset. Your body is a reflection mm. of your daily habits and the things that you're doing to yourself is because of the way you think, is because of the way you, you process information. And so what we do is we recalibrate that and we, you know, in talking to all my clients is, you know, it, it this, this sort of um, idea that it, it's the physical first. Yeah, going to change your body you're going to wind up becoming more than what you are now but let's also take a look at hey you know what's going on beneath that so that when you decide if you decide to find another coach go you know that you still have the tools to continue to be the person that you want to be. And that is reflected in your body so mm -hmm. that you don't gain that weight back. So you don't go back to the bad habits and the vices because, you know, life goes beyond me as a coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. I could, I could sense in you that you've, you've really worked um, with these things in yourself as well. Um, right. And that's beautiful. And that's the beautiful thing about a coach is, um, is they themselves have suffered much. So they're able to present you with like good news and wisdom because they've been there and they're going to be there with you when you go through it. Right. Um, I know you have like a story too. And I see you sharing um, on IG and I, I love women like this uh, for everyone listening that they're just like, 
they just aren't uh, they're unashamed unapologetic and like share their life and like talk about brokenness but at the same time talk about the healing that's come from it so what i noticed in your ig profile you talk about being sober you've had some other very compelling insightful videos like what what do you think like you help people most with overcoming wow that's a great i mean Mm. I think for myself, I feel like my in my life, when it comes to sobriety, when it comes to food abstinence, when it comes to rage con- control or whatever it is that like I'm personally struggling, you will find that I am the most stubborn person in the world in the sense that, you know, if I mess up, I'm going to try even harder. Mm. And... I just keep getting knocked down, but I keep standing back up. And I think for myself, the message that I try to, you know, it's, it's gonna, you can't have a glass jaw. I don't even know why I just heard this term, but I like the term. So you can't have a glass jaw when you are fighting for your own life. You can't have a what? A, what? a glass jaw. So they call a it glass a glass jaw. jaw. I never heard yeah. that. Yeah. It's like uh, in boxing you were to punch somebody with a glass jaw it would shatter so but you have to have like a steel jaw in order to like withstand the hard knocks that are coming your way got it got it got it okay so you know you can't be delicate when it comes to your life you have to be able to say okay i messed up let's do it again let's do it again yeah and that's what that my 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 team actually they're really good at because they come to me and they're like oh you know like this happened and I don't feel good about it I'm like hey come on this is what you did right you should feel great now let's do it again and they are always just so empowered to do it again and when I see them start to get that sort of rhythm when I see them start to implement that that sort of mindset of okay let's try again let's do it again one more time like it's magic it's like the most beautiful thing for me to hear when somebody tells me hey that's so cool that is so cool of all the things like you could have said or as technical as you could have made that question you were just like that's i mean that's just real life you know like let's do it again let's do it again let's do it again because so much of i mean weight loss so much of nutrition um so much of weighing or so much of like anything related to mindset is like let's try again let's try again let's keep going and then the message underneath that is why do we keep going well because you are enough and you are worthy so let's get up and let's try again why because you are enough and you are worthy and like Man, that was such a good answer if you thought that was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Actually, my uh, my the video that I posted today, I don't know when this is actually going to put on or if this is live, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But the video that I put on today uh, was talking about self-worth and, mm. you know, the idea that, you know, your brain is constantly checking for your worth your brain is constantly saying hey are you worth it but mm-hmm. when you're acting when you're constantly getting up and trying to overcome and trying to face challenges and do things and you're telling your mind yes i am enough 
that's where the self-worth comes from because on days I mean, I'm just gonna be honest, like yesterday that, you know, I was kind of slacking and I was just relaxing, kind of not attending to the things that I needed to. My brain was like, hey, are you worth it today? And I was just like, "Mm, I don't feel like it. I don't. I don't. And it's not your brain, you know, trying to make you feel worthless. It's just your brain saying, hey, you got to validate this. You got to put the worth in yourself. Can't trick your brain into self-worth. You can't do it. Yeah. You know what? You know what I what I've been thinking about lately that kind of sucks about all that? Because I mean, it is beautiful, but it's <laughs> I say this like humorous you know, with a humorous tone. But like, it sucks that you have to do it every day. <laughs> there's no like, like self-worth bank. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was like there's a self-worth bank, self-worth bank. And like you just put in your time for like four days and like the other three, it just like streamlined over. But, like, it feels like every fucking day you got to put in that work. And, like, that's a beautiful thing. And it's actually, like, the hardest thing about it. Because sometimes I don't even want to do it, you know? And I'm just like, right. damn, like, why, why? So, um, yeah, but the work, like we say, instills the worth. Um, and I, I think that that's fact. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, to your point about having to do it every day, like my brain just hates the idea of forever. My brain, like when I got sober, I could not envision a life of never having another drink. I could not envision never having sitting on my porch, enjoying a cocktail. Like my brain could not fathom that and every day I have to constantly tell me it's like it's not forever it's just today only today I only got to do it today I don't know about tomorrow I don't know about the next day I know about right now that I can't do it right now that right now I gotta and that's it like I have to stay present because that mindset that you're talking about about like oh I'm gonna have to do it forever that kills me that is what I'm just like fuck that like i'm gonna go bingy right now because you're gonna tell me i can never like have that piece of cake you're gonna tell me that i can't know like i'm also super defiant like that yeah but it's like you know what i i don't know about later but i know right now i can't do it that's it that's all i just need to keep it in the in the day sometimes in the hour sometimes in the moment and, you know, that's usually how I get it started, especially in the morning, because I wake up at zero every morning. That mor- My morning routine is crazy. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your morning routine. I noticed that with everyone I interview, I love this question because I'm big on morning routines, too. And uh, I love knowing I think I feel like you can learn so much about somebody through what they <laughs> do in the morning. And I love the details, so feel free to go into detail. The moment I open my eyes, my first thought is, fuck. (laughs) Why do we always, I mean, if if anyone laughed when she said that, like, it's because (laughs) it's true for you too. But why is that four-letter word, like, one of the first few words we say (laughs) upon waking? (laughs) That's, you know, it's just like... (laughs) Because at that moment, 
day just slams right into me. Yeah. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm warm. I'm comfortable. I'm with my husband. I, you know, I'm like in my happy place. I'm yeah. comfortable. But no, so I get out of bed and do my morning routine. My morning routine consists of me getting up, brushing my teeth, sitting down, making some tea. I do my prayer, meditation, journaling, and my breath work. Um, I get dressed. I head to the gym or when I'm at home, I, I start working out at home, come home, have breakfast. That's my morning. That is every single morning without fail. Um down the gym's not accessible, I go for a walk, like it, subtle things will change, but very, very like, you know, they just manifest in some other way. Do but, you, do you work, do you eat before you work out or do you only eat after? I only eat after because I'm up at 345 and I'm done with the gym by 630. So by the time I'm done, like that's when I have my breakfast. That's when like, yeah. I get all that because I'm also kind of bougie with the food. So I like to make homemade meals. Like yeah. I don't just want kind of like quick grab yeah. and go kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Do you, um, cause I've been experience experimenting with that lately. Cause I've always been about like carbs before you work out carbs after, mm -hmm. you know, and then protein after. And it's like, lately I've been working out like, with just coffee and it feels mm -hmm. pretty good i feel like a little like more lightheaded but i mean have you always been like that where you would eat after because that's a considerable amount of time from waking until you consume any carbs or protein well so i am actually like i am with it like it's mm -hmm eating before eating after and I hey. just I feel better eating after like eating before it just it doesn't do it for me I well, mean my, my I, thing too is also like when you eat before if it's like 4 30 like you've already like dipped into your daily macros and so you're gonna be hungrier like at five o'clock you know <laughs> yeah uh, definitely. That just but, sucks. <laughs> I know, because if you're eating at like four, see, I tend to like to eat my carbs later in the day mm -hmm. only because they help me sleep. Yeah, agreed. If I if I have like a car, if I just have like a salad with grilled chicken at the end of the day, like my nerves are wired and I am up at like one o'clock in the morning. Like I don't even need an alarm. That's how wow. that's how wired I am. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to like chill me out and go to bed. Right now my my diet's actually super strict because I've got a show coming up. Mm hmm So I'm actually you, you model as well. I do uh bodybuilding competitions. Uh, I'm an amateur bodybuilder. So sick, Andy. Love it. Love it. So you got, I mean, let's check this out. This girl is up at 345. She's a freaking bodybuilder. She's tracking her macros. She runs a mindset online coaching business. She's freaking sober for how many years? I'm going on seven. Seven years sober. And like you're living in Guatemala. You seem like you got a really cool husband too. You guys have a really good relationship. You're freaking living life, man. This is, it's really, really cool to talk to you. What would you say are like some of your like because a lot of people like when they look at my life or other people's life they they think like because we put our stories like 
out to the world, you know, IG or whatever. So people like see our lives and stuff. But a lot of what we showcase is like the grind, you know, um, mm -hmm. and we sell like what we're about. But aside from like these practices and habits, like what would you say are things that you do in your life? Like that give you joy and that are fun. I know the work is definitely fun, but like, I just mean like outside of like macros and training and like actual business, like what are other things that bring you like lots of joy and stuff? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, is somebody really like, hey, the macros and fitness is so fun? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure there are. I, I think I could come up with one off the top of my head. <laughs> um, so I think for myself, what do I do? So, um, so little known fact about me is that I crochet. Oh, yeah, go. I let's like go. to crochet. I like to, you know, I'm a huge movie buff. My husband and I like to just sit and, but I'm, I'm typically working whenever I'm watching it. So maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just hit the yoga pretty hard. I like um, religious studies. So I'm going through the sutras uh, for the yoga sutras right now and doing a lot of meditation on that. But yeah. You know, I'm just somebody who is like, I really like to just be all about my life, be involved in my life. I got my kids, I got my family. And so there's always just something to be done. Yeah. And having these conversations just sort of are the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, homie, you really like you're so like easy and fun to like interview. Just want to just tell you that I don't know if you've been on podcasts before, but you just you flow really good and um you got such a good spirit i want everyone listening to connect with you on ig because you just got such a great vibe what is your ig handle and i'll put it on the show notes so my ig handle is a hoffer coaching perfect perfect and do you have a website or anything like that or you mainly run through instagram I mainly run through Instagram but I do have a website it's andyhoffercoaching.com so sweet so sweet and uh let's finish off by talking because this has happened before where there's always like the people that are into fitness not all of them but they also have like this spiritual bend to them and you mentioned that you're doing some religious sacred text studying what would you like how, what do you think about this uh what, what do you think about the future of fitness and maybe even like tie it in with spirituality. Because I feel like there's something happening in consciousness and society with people and like food and fitness and image. And at the same time, like there's this spiritual, like, I don't like to say like awakening because that sounds like so like, I don't know, taboo. But like, I feel like there's like a new level of consciousness, like that's breaking into society. And just any of that I just touched upon, like, would you be open to like sharing some of your thoughts on where you see like society and things progressing towards? Uh, how long is this podcast? <laughs> oh, I think as I find myself deeper and deeper into fitness and I'm also finding that there is this sort of spiritual awakening that's happening for people, that people are seeing that there is 
more to life than just five, that there's more to life than just, um, you know, what's in front of their eyes. And as that's happening, people, in my personal opinion, if they're finding that, you know, there's more, that there's something bigger out there, it can be daunting. It can be like this huge, massive undertaking that people want to sort of inherently reject because it's such a big topic. Mm. But at the same time, they're going to start to look for guides. They're going to start to look for coaches. They're going to start to look for ways in order to connect with others. And I find that to be so beautiful to be a part of that, to be able to help people and to be helped in that area myself. Mm. Um, because, you know, just I don't think that the level of spirituality that we see today was you know, like, I don't believe it was existent 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, awesome people point. just trying to, you know, find deeper meaning. And, you know, I encourage people to find deeper meaning. It's fascinating how that narrative that you just portrayed is happening while at the same time we're becoming more advanced technological, technologically than ever. And it's like yep. these two worlds are like at the same time growing super fast. And so it's, it's, it'd be cool to see like how they intermingle but I know online coaching and Zooming and all of these things is, is definitely a big um, development and part of it. Right. Oh, I agree. Uh, the, the advent of the Zoom culture right now has empowered a lot of people to take their lives back into their hands. Yeah. You know, being somebody who used to work behind a five days a week, 40 hours a week, you know, just going to be being in Guatemala and, and sharing with my family and being here and talking to you. It's like the, like the shift, the cultural shift is definitely one that is now incorporating more of like, a, what, like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? You know, people, the mass exodus from major metropolitan areas because you no longer need to live there in order to have a great job. Yeah. I think it's an indication that, like, you know, people don't really want to have that sort of life. You're forced to do anything. And that's, you know, with that comes the spirituality. Correct. Correct. Oh, Andy, such a good convo with you. Really loved having you on this show. My friends, to all the listeners, from rocket scientists to just badass, uh, meet Andy Hoffer. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Oh, I totally am down for it. Just let me know. For sure. All right, girl. Enjoy Guatemala. And I'll see you on IG. Thanks, Justin. Peace out. Later. Peace.